Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. A question for you this morning. Yes, a question for you to ponder. Are you a good person? Yes, are we good people? Well, I suppose it depends on what criteria we use to answer this question. In a recent article titled this, 15 Simple Traits, yes, only 15 simple traits of a truly good person, the author Kyle Robbins states that 15 qualities make a person truly good. Let us examine the traits to see how well we are doing at being a good person this morning. Number one, a good person is honest with others. Number two, a good person compliments other people. Number three, a good person calls their parents frequently. Number four, a good person is polite, not showing off, but respectful. Number five, a good person is kind to everyone, looking past the negative and finding the positive in every person and situation. Number six, a good person is generous, gracious to those in need. Number seven, a good person remembers their manners, no ma'am and yes sir. Number eight, a good person thinks of others. And number nine, a good person goes the extra mile, they finish what they start, and then they do a little bit more. Number 10, a good person is super kind to their loved ones, not taking the love of family members for granted. Almost done. Number 11, a good person smiles a lot. They light up a room with joy. Number 12, 
good person makes the best out of every situation. They see the glass as half full, not half empty. And number 13, a good person is a good friend. It's there for you when you need them. And number 14, a good person does not take things for granted. And finally, but not least, number 15, a good person is consistent from situation to situation. Now, with that stated, how did you do? Are you a good person? Did you get all 15? Or did you at least get 10? At least, at least 10 putting you over that hump of that 60%. Now, if you did not get a perfect score, you are not to fret, not to worry this morning, because according to Mr. Robbins, it is not that hard. I repeat, according to Mr. Robbins, it is not that hard to be a good person, but it does take a steady approach. That is to say, Mr. Robbins says that you can choose to change from being a bad person to a good person by simply implementing his 15 traits. But is Mr. Robbins correct? Is he correct in this article? Is he correct when he says that all that we need to do to be a good person is to put these 15 traits into practice? Surprisingly, and contrary to what we might think, Mr. Robbins' article and criteria are fairly accurate. In other words, he does a pretty good job of describing what we call civic, yes, civic righteousness, outward righteousness. In fact, what Mr. Robbins describes should be self-evident to all of us. Do good to others and do not harm anybody else. Yes, be nice. Be kind. Do good and be a good person. That is self-evident to all of us. So if Mr. Robbins is basically correct that being a good person depends on a little grit and a little determination, what on earth do we do with our gospel reading from this morning? Yes, what do we do with that gospel reading from this morning from the gospel of Matthew? You see, in our reading from the gospel of Matthew, Jesus, yes, he shows us that there are two kinds of righteousness, two ways of being good. He shows us that there is an external, outward righteousness, like Mr. Robbins speaks of. However, here's the key point for us to ponder this morning. Jesus also shows us that there is an inward spiritual righteousness. Yes, there's an outward righteousness on the outside and an inward righteousness. There's a civic righteousness in the society and culture that we live in and a spiritual righteousness. For example, according to our culture and society, we are good people when we do not murder one another. However, according to Jesus, yes, according to Jesus, there's another kind of righteousness, and that has to do with how our hearts and faith view our neighbor. So while we might not murder our neighbor, if we have hate and nastiness in our hearts towards our neighbor, well, my friends, we are guilty. In other words, if we have hate and nastiness in these hearts, we are not a good person, but a bad person, for the nastiness in this heart condemns us all. Let us re rephrase it this way. Yes, let us rephrase it this way. Our world will determine if a person is good based on a person's external and visible actions 
However, God does not regard people on everything that glitters and shines on the outside, but rather God looks deeper. God looks not only to our outward actions, but also to those intentions of the heart. And the fact that God looks to our hearts should actually terrify us. It should indeed terrify us. Several years ago, I talked to a lady who said that she didn't care much about what people said about her. Oh no, she did not care what people said about her because only God could judge her. God's judgment was somehow less severe than other people. Her friends and her family and that bigoted church were all too judgmental for her, but that didn't matter to her because only God could judge her. Now tragically, she had everything backwards. Yes, she had everything completely backwards. You see, those in secular society look to the outward acts and will many times grade on a curve. Yes, they will grade on a curve. However, God looks to the heart. And when God looks to the heart, he demands complete and total perfection in our deeds, in our words, and especially our thoughts. Frankly stated, this lady and all of us should want to be judged by those around us rather than God, for our neighbors can only see our outward actions. However, God judges the intent and the motives of the heart. And while we can keep up appearances to a certain degree on the outside, when it comes to the hearts, I'm afraid that Jeremiah the prophet is right when he once said this, The human heart is deceitful. It is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand the heart? See, dear friends, when God judges us, he sees the filth within. He sees the layers upon layers of sin embedded in our hearts. And according to our hearts, we are nowhere close to being good people. You see, we must guard ourselves. Yes, we must guard ourselves against basing goodness solely on our outward actions while forgetting the corruptness of our heart. This is what the Pharisees were guilty of in our gospel reading. Yes, Jesus is showing us in this gospel reading that the Pharisees had put their trust in their outward acts and their outward deeds while forgetting the corruptness of their hearts. These Pharisees, they they had cleansed the outside of the cup and failed to clean and sanitize the inside of that dirty cup. The outside was clean, the inside was dirty. They were like a bunch of whitewashed, sparkly caskets, which were pristine and beautiful on the outside, but on the inside they were filled with dead man's bones. The Pharisees were hypocrites, flashy and clean on the outside, corrupt on the inside. And so Jesus is showing us in his word today that there are two kinds of righteousness, outward and civic righteousness and inward spiritual righteousness. And here's the catch, my friends, here's the catch for us to get today. While the world will generally demand outward civic righteousness, such as paying your taxes, pick up your trash, be nice to your neighbor, and mow your lawn, the Lord, though, demands outward and inward righteousness. In fact, outward goodness without inward goodness is nothing before God. 
God doesn't want a bunch of pretending frauds, only pretending to be good on the outside. God wants good people on the outside and on the inside. God wants perfect people. Yes, he wants perfect people on the outside and the inside. As a Christian, you should not commit murder outwardly, and you should not have anger and cursing and ill feelings towards your neighbor on the inside. There's a calling for both. So this brings us up to that original question that we began with this morning. Are you a good person? Keep in mind that you may be a good person according to Kyle Robbins. However, we must say this morning that Kyle Robbins is not the Lord of creation, and Kyle Robbins is not coming back someday to judge the living and the dead. So I say again, are you a good person according to Jesus? You may have not murdered someone, but have you hated them in your heart? If so, are you a good person? You may have not committed adultery, but have you turned your lustful eyes and your thoughts to someone who is not your spouse? If so, are you a good person? You may confess the Lord every week in the Apostles' Creed, but have you confessed the Holy Creed with that mouth while your heart and your mind are set on the Vikings game occurring after church? If so, are you truly a good person? Ouch. It hurts, doesn't it? It hurts. Jesus' view of righteousness hits us where it counts by going to this heart. Jesus shows us that none of us are righteous. When we look past our outward civic righteousness to our hearts, we are left confessing, my friends, that no one is good, not even one. Yes, except for one person, though. You see, my friends, no one has ever walked this earth perfectly and lived perfect righteousness with external deeds and a perfect heart except Jesus. That is what makes Jesus unique. That is what sets Jesus apart from everyone else. Sure, there are a lot of people who would, we would deem, a lot of people we would deem as good people externally speaking, people like Mahatma Gandhi and Mother Teresa, Nelson Mandela, these iconic people who have done wonderful things, to name a few. But none of these people were able to tame their hearts. The heart is bent towards rebellion and evil all the time. And that is why we all need Jesus. Jesus is the only one who is good externally and internally speaking. If we would depict this entire world like an old western, all of us would be wearing black hats except Jesus. His hat would be white. For he is the only good person the world has ever known. He is the only one who has kept the law perfectly internally and externally speaking in his actions towards others and his love for Lord God. He's the only one who is truly good in God's sight. So, dear friends, as bad people, our only option is that we look to the only good person the world has ever known. We look to the one who said that he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. We look to Jesus. Yes, we look to Jesus, the good one. And as we look to Christ, the good one, we see that he does not keep his goodness to himself. I mean, think about this. He does not keep his goodness to himself, but rather as the good one, Jesus gives us his goodness as a gift to you and to me. It is like this, my friends. 
In Christ, by faith, you take hold of perfect goodness that is given to you as a gift. It is for you. In Christ, you are given righteousness. In Jesus Christ, you are given goodness to receive. It is righteousness that you wear as a robe that covers you. And yes, this righteousness is enough for the kingdom of heaven. For Christ did not abolish the law, but fulfilled it externally and internally for you. He fulfilled it for each and every one of you. He fulfilled it and gives it to you all as a gift. Are you a good person? My friends, no, you are not. And I am not either. But Christ Jesus is. And you have Christ. And Christ has you. So in Christ, you have goodness. Therefore, when the Father looks down upon you, he sees the goodness of Jesus that covers all of your sins and says, well done, good and faithful servant, well done indeed. Inherit the kingdom that is for you. And we say in return, oh, glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus, our goodness. Jesus, our righteousness. Jesus, our hope. Jesus, our salvation. We do not deserve his goodness, but thanks be to God that Jesus is good and he gives his goodness to us and he considers it well worthwhile. In the name and the goodness of Jesus for us. Amen.